And let's just say we're both here in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's just say this is where our company is. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to transmit. And all I'm going to do is transmit something to Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. You would think that would be a direct path from Atlanta to Charleston. No, it could run offshore. It could go through the Philippines. It could hit the EU and then bounce back to Charleston. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Higher Ground. Higher Ground is a technology company whose mission is to bridge the wealth gap through access to procurement opportunities. Higher Ground is making the enterprise ecosystem more viable, profitable, and competitive by clearing the path for minority-led, women-led, LGBT-led, and veteran-led small businesses to contribute to the global economy as suppliers to enterprise organizations. For more information on getting started, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E-G-R-O-U-N-D.io. Now on to the episode. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm your host, Adam Moore, and I'm joined as always with my great co-host, Chloe Goodry. And we are going to discuss a very important topic today. Um, I think one that's actually gotten a lot of attention due to some recent news that is coming out. And we're going to talk a little bit, kind of an intro into cybersecurity and what does that mean? why is it important, and just kind of some of the high-end topics. We're not going to be able to get too deep in today's episode, but we're going to hit some of the high points for discussion so we all can start thinking about it uh, as we move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to do this more of like an interview style because, you you know, we're we're, going to play our natural roles, me as a small business owner and Adam as the big corporation. Oh, yeah. I think I might be able to do that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So, Uh so Adam, please, you know, talk to us a little bit about some of the cyber requirements. And we, so we want to think about just the traditional insurance, which is general liability property, workers comp, but then outside of that, there is this budding sort of cybersecurity risk that companies need to sort of figure out and and make sure that they have coverage for. And talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to. So, and I want everybody to realize that, you know, traditionally, I mean, a long time ago, right? And in in tech world, that's like two years ago, uh, (laughs) really and truly, only if you were a quote unquote tech company were you really going to have yeah. to worry about carrying cyber insurance uh, on any writer or any agreement that you sign with uh, any potential customer that you want to service. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm starting to see that as a requirement for everybody, whether you're yeah. selling me paper or you're selling me a back end computer system. We're still looking for cybersecurity because everybody's running something out on the cloud, right? Yeah. Whether you've got your CRM out on the cloud, whether you're a cloud solution yourself. So everybody has a techno- technology component to their business or you should have a technology <laughs> component to your business. Yeah. Um, and that opens us all up to risk. Yeah, absolutely. So, right. Absolutely. So, I've even seen it for marketing yeah. firms as oh, well, yeah. because it's, yeah. it's also about the data 
that a company is yes. giving you and making yes. sure that that information is being protected when it's in your hands. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because a um, a key piece of marketing data released too early or, you know, mm-hmm. not, is, is a huge, huge risk factor for mm-hmm. a corporation and could blow an entire strategy. I mean, it could really do fiscal damage to that firm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, the marketing companies are really having to start to take a look at this, too, just because, like you said, the data that they're keeping uh, on their systems. So it's yeah. it's huge. It is huge. And so that kind of leads us into that requirement. Right. And I think we're all used to seeing the insurance writers and in our master yeah. agreements. Yeah. You know, you have to carry personal liability. And if you have a car, you have to carry auto and workers comp. We have to see all of that. Right. And there's minimums mm-hmm. and maximums that we want to see. Mm-hmm. But now we're looking for cyber. Right. 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 And that all the cyber. Now, let's make sure we get this clear. All the cyber insurance mm-hmm. is doing is making sure that if there is a issue and there needs to be a remediation, mm-hmm. that insurance covers the remediation, not damages. Mm. Okay. You've got to make sure that make you sure ask for clear. that, though. You've got to ask right. for that. Exactly. Yes. You've got yes. to ask for that, right? Because just your standard cyber insurance is just going to cover the remediation of whatever breach just occurred, right? Right, And to help make people whole from that breach, as far as actual any damages that a company can come after you for because of that breach, that's got to be handled differently. And one of the things I want to make sure that we're all aware of, I'm going to use that big, scary legal term, <laughs> indemnification. Yes. Okay? And yes. if you're dealing with if you're dealing with anybody in the Fortune 5 or Fortune 500, I'm sorry, you're going to have an indemnification clause in there. And guess what? They're not going to allow you to negotiate out of that master. The, the indemnification, indemnification clause. clause. Yes. No. That's, there's no, no way exactly. that that's coming out. Yeah. Exactly. And as I explain it, like I used to explain to my boys when they're little, if you break it, you buy it. Okay. So <laughs> you touch it, you buy it. Yes, I know. Yeah. You touch yeah. it, you buy it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it's an oversimplification of a very technical legal idea. Right. Yeah. But yeah. essentially that's what it comes down to. You break it, you buy it. So indemnification says, Hey, if this breach is so bad that you have irrevocably damaged my company, you're buying my company from me at its value. Mm. Right. So for myself being a part of a very large financial institution, that's $450 billion. Yeah. That would wipe out. Any that's a hefty business. price tag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's no insurance that's going to cover that. Right. So make sure guys and gals out there listening to us that you're thinking through all of this and, we, and we're seeing what's happening in the news. Make sure that you got those. Make, make sure you have that all covered up. And whoever you're talking to from an insurance standpoint, that they understand exactly what you need and who you're dealing with and the type of data that you're touching so that your uh, insurance has the right coverage. Because really, the only thing companies are going to ask you for, now, some may ask you for the actual policy and keep it on file, which they have the right to do. But a lot of times they're just going to say, do you have coverage? What are your minimum and maximums? Mm -hmm. And that's it. Okay. And it's kind of like buying car insurance, right? We can go out and buy just basic liability car insurance. But if we get into an accident and somebody gets hurt, guess what? The basic insurance doesn't cover the injuries, right? Right, It doesn't cover the indemnification to the other party for the damages that you've caused. So just like buying car insurance or anything else, make sure that you understand exactly what your rider covers and that it covers you in all instances. Right. That's not going to be cheap. So it's just not going to be cheap. kind of an FYI on that. That is not going to be a cheap insurance policy. No. And, but, and then also, you know, some of, of your more sophisticated clients and corporations may ask you yeah. to add them as an additional name insured on, on oh, your yes. policy oh, yeah. as Could well. Be. So yeah. that's yeah. something that needs to be thought through and making exactly. sure that you have a good relationship with your agents. Exactly. And don't be afraid to ask that question. If you're getting serious about signing a master with some co- corporation, ask the question up front. Hey, 
what's your insurance requirements? What do you need from me? Uh, and make sure that you're having that conversation. Make sure that you're having that conversation even before you need it with your insurance carrier. Right, right, exactly. Not all insurance carriers carry that type of insurance or enough. Right. Right. And so you have to go looking for it. And so when we think about sort of understanding and level setting where some of our listeners and small businesses Mm -hmm. are, you know, how would one go about getting an audit per se to even see, you know, where they are from a cyber standpoint, where some gaps may be? What are your suggestions as as they are thinking of doing this business? Yeah. And that's the best way to do it, to do it ahead of time. Yes, proactively. Before your corporate partner comes in and does it for you. Um, (laughs) Because a lot of times I know in in the financial district, we ask for what's called the SOC 2 audit, uh, which is the standard audit that just about anybody, anybody, any reputable IT professional services firm can run for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a SOC 1 and a SOC 2. The SOC 2 is much more, you see that a lot more in your regulated industries um, because it really goes over password security uh, and how and uh, your network firewall and then also how you're transmitting data both in motion and at rest. Right. So the SOC 2, SOC 1's okay. Um, and maybe you want to just have a SOC 1 if you're like, ooh, we're kind of getting into this. I've never had a third party really look at me. Go have a SOC 1 run and that's going to find the major glaring issues that you need mm-hmm. to fix right away. Right. A SOC 2 is going to get into a little bit more how are you handling passwords and data, like I said, both in transit and at rest. Um, and that's really going to be the one that most bigger corporations are going to ask for is that SOC 2. Again, they're not cheap. And they have to be done annually, but it's going to be a requirement to start doing business. I mean, it just it's going to be one of those costs, you know, cost of entry, cost of barrier um, right. that you're going to have to have. But it's, you know, it's like I tell a lot of people and, and, and coming from the financial industry, I've had this conversation a lot and I always ask the question, hey, what's a bank's number one commodity? And of course, mm-hmm. everybody tells me money. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> money's nice, <laughs> but data, 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 data. data. Right. And we're going to protect it with a very heightened vigilance. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's 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 crucial that you guys understand who you're about to start doing business with. You know, another industry standard that out there, too, is the nice 800-171 assessment that can be run. Also, that's kind of. Yeah, that's this is a really great one. If you thought SOC 2 was tough, wait till you see the nice one. That one's (laughs) really tough. It's DOD level. So Department of Defense level security. But when you start talking about touching a FI, the financial industry, industries um, data, or you're going to start touching somebody's data in transportation, uh, where you really have some crucial pieces of information flowing back and forth over systems, they're going to start requiring that DOD level security on your stuff. So we're talking about hardened laptop points. We're talking about um, encoders, decoders. It's it's a ton of different security that's running out there. Um, And then you also, and and part of that nice is you have to understand what the data, um, what the data paths are which that's kind of blew my mind a few times when I had to start working on that um, to the point where you then have to start working on your contracts. So think about this. So you're already having to negotiate with the corporation. Now Mm -hmm. you're going to have to start negotiating with your internet carrier, with your cloud provider on understanding where they're putting your data. Yeah. Right. So if you're working with one of the big three uh, cloud providers out there, and let's just say we're both here in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's just say this is where our company is. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to transmit, and all I'm going to do is transmit something to Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. You would think that would be a direct path from Atlanta to Charleston. 
No, right. it could run offshore. It could go through the Philippines. It could hit the EU and then bounce back to Charleston. Mm. Right. So you have to make sure that you have the clauses and understand what those potential paths are, because that's right. what the DOD, the nice level securities are going to start looking at. So we have to start understanding what is the route of transmission for data too, and where are those weak links and all of that. So it starts to be, it's, it, it starts to get a little on the complicated side, but you know, Chloe, as we've seen in the news, right, we just had um, here in the South, Right. We just had the pipeline shut down because of a Russian cyber attack. Exactly. I just saw a news article pop up minutes before this podcast that uh, there was a Russian cyber attack on the New York transit system. I know. It's crazy. This is this is scary stuff. Right. Uh, A a meat packer in the Midwest was shut down. What a week, week or two weeks ago due to a cyber attack. So, yep. The cyber criminals out there, they're yeah. all over and this and they're not being uh, they're not discriminating against size of company. So they're not just coming after the large financial institutions. They're not just going after the government databases. They are really trying to breach at any and every point because any point of breach is a way to access somebody else. So think about that. If I mean, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember I'm about to date myself, but you know, the web used to be literally explained by looking at a spider's web, right? And <laughs> I have a point here, but that point leads to this point and all these other points downstream. Yeah. That same model. I mean, we haven't changed this model. We've just made it more complex. We've made it so, if I can so enter, much more complex. Yes. Oh my goodness. Right. So if I can enter in through a meat packers computer, well, guess what? That meat packer does banking online. Well, then yeah. I can follow that path over into the banking accounts. Yeah. Or guess what? That meatpacker probably runs all their HR online. Well, that's great. Now I have access to all of this PII, you know, personally identified information. We're going, <laughs> I swear, everybody, we're going to put out a dictionary. Yes. All the acronyms we use soon. on this show. It's, what, it's yes. coming. It's and coming. the niece. New York's bestseller to, list. Here it comes. Yes. And the niece, just for, for our listeners. Oh, yes. Is, thank you. <laughs> yes. That is the National Institute of Standards and Technology. There it is. For yes. everybody, for everybody who was wondering what in the world I was talking about, <laughs> uh, but now they have access to that. And the, wh- what did they attack? They attacked a, a meat packer mm-hmm. that nobody uh, has ever heard the name of. Yeah, right in the Midwest. And look at all that they're about to start being able to do. Right. I yeah. and, and I just saw an article this morning when I woke up that one of the major web servers went down and three major online services went dark. It's, we're I not playing, people. Oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, we're not playing. We are yeah. not playing. So and most of it, to, these it, hackers are are doing it to to try to get comp some sort of compensation. We're talking about millions right. and millions of dollars. Right. Well, let's go. Let's go back to the pipeline uh, example. Yeah. The, they actually paid the ransom. I know. Yes. They paid the ransom. They could not get their site back up online. Yeah. They were chokeholding the eastern seaboard on oil downstream production. Yeah. They paid the ransom. Yeah. What type of precedence does that set? Yeah, it's not good. No, no. But I don't know how else, you know, sometimes these companies handle it without, without, you know, and I think the way that they're addressing it now is these sort of risk mitigation strategies that anyone that they're working with or touching their data has to be in compliance and that they're going to be auditing it to make sure and doing these things internally as well. Oh, yeah. And and don't get me wrong. Yes, they did pay the ransom. But guess what? That company is also turning right back around to all their suppliers and going, 
who created the problem, yes. you're going to reimburse us that ransom money. Right, right. And that was right. not a cheap bill. <laughs> that was yeah. not a cheap bill. Yeah. So again, we don't say this to discourage people, but we these are things all of us have to start thinking about, right? Yeah. Whether I'm a Fortune 500 or a startup, we have to start thinking about this, right? And and so this is also where we get into another term, right? White hat and black hat hackers. Yes. Right. And let's make sure we understand that. So our white hat hackers are the ones who do hack our systems, but do so from a security standpoint of trying to find the loophole, trying to find the weakness so that we can mitigate that problem. Right. Of course, the black hat ones are the bad guys trying selling to hold the data. up oil companies, selling the data, getting on ransom money. Web. Yes. Exactly. yes. On the dark web. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's another topic of discussion for this show is the dark web. So you think this is scary, everybody? That one will keep you up at night. That one will really keep you up at night. It really will keep you up at night. But I've, I've heard that there is, you know, um, some federal regulation that is starting mm-hmm. to monitor that. And anyone who tries to sell anything on the black, on the dark web will yeah. now be fined. So yes, most definitely. I yeah. It, there's will... a lot more. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like they finally realized how big it was uh, and it started really getting serious about monitoring it. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of uh, some of that new uh, legislation. Yes, 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 yes. It will be. It will be. Well, I mean, one of the things that I I want to try to do for a lot of our small businesses is mm-hmm. is bring on a few experts to yes. help us with yes. sort of demystifying this. What does an audit mm-hmm. look like? How do you prepare? Yep. How do you do gap analysis? Yeah, and understanding some of these costs and some of these resources where they are, oh, yeah. so that you can get certified. Should should any of your clients or future clients require this of you? You're prepared and you're in a position to speak and articulate what it is that your company is doing from a compliance and cyber perspective. And it's so important, I think, for any of us to thrive uh, in in the coming years. This is going to be a major component. You know, we talk about and we've had a lot of great focus on DE&I issues and how our company is responding to some of the social injustice that we've seen. Right. This is the next big frontier. Yes, it is. How are you protecting my information? How are you keeping me safe? Mm-hmm. by shopping with you, by using your goods and services. Right. And and so how are you protecting me and my household from these attacks? And so that's going to be not just a risk from a, uh-oh, my data has been breached, but it's going to be a reputational risks as well, Absolutely. too. Well, it can hurt you and hinder you from getting contracts if you oh, aren't, you know, yeah. aware and ahead of this game. So we want to try yep. to help, you know, all of our small businesses with just navigating this. Exactly. 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 You know, and, and kind of um, and, and a closing point, if you yeah. will, on this is I want people I, I want you all to realize that, too, is as, as we start talking about think about all the costs we just yeah. had. And I think we'll bring on one of our experts and we'll talk a little bit deeper about audits. But there comes a time where you have to realize that if you're going to try to do business with the the top 50 corporation, they have an entire auditing staff. They have an entire legal team. They have an entire board of directors. They have the resources to do this 24 by seven. You might not. Right. And so you have and you have to realize an audit is a very real possibility. And and I think it's going to become more and more possible, uh, bigger possibilities as we move and continue to move forward. And due to everything that's happened in the pandemic, I really see a lot more daily life going online, going digital. This is only going to get bigger. So as part of your strategy, you need to realize, how do I handle an audit? How do I how do I absorb that cost of having to shut my business down to handle a major audit due to a breach, due to a potential breach, due to a mitigation that has to happen? Because guess what? Maybe one of your um, peer 
providers in that company was the one that had the breach. But then the company looks at it and goes, oh, we need everybody that we do yeah. business with to do this remediation and do it this way to continue to do business with us. Absolutely. So these are just things I want us all to start thinking about, you know, as, as we move forward and we're and we're, you know, coming out of all of this craziness and and, and heading into a new normal. Uh, just that's these more are digital, that, as, by the way. Yeah, that's more digital. These are things mm-hmm. as business owners we have to keep in our in our purview and that we have to think about. Yeah. And thinking about protecting our businesses and thinking mm-hmm. about protecting our customers and their businesses. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about this and I'm excited yeah, to bring on our, our ex- yeah. experts to help us yep. with just figuring out and navigating this for, yep. for all the small businesses out there. So Excellent. thank you so much, Adam, no, for being our, our corporate guest today <laughs> and sharing all your insights. You I know, got to we, wear a different hat today. It was fun. Yes, it was fun. So more to come as we bring on some yes. experts to help us with navigating Cyber 101 and, and and actually Cyber 2.0 as we yes. as we move into this new norm post COVID that's yep. more digital. So more yep. to come on that. Thank you so much for joining Thank us you. for another episode. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us and participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.